This is a download from MFR. The 80s Rewind Again with Paul Stevenson and Gino Conti and Vinyl Nightclub Inverness. Giving you the best 80s music and atmosphere in the Highlands. From now on, I'm referring to him as David the Freak. Okay? <laughs> because David the Geek, he's dead to me. And I think the moral of the story is, karate here, karate here. But karate never... Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. I like that. Thanks. Paul Daniel's dove. No, that was ostriches mating. Ostriches. What? Ostriches. How would you know that? Because I saw it at the telly one time. That's the noise they made. I remember it. The 80s Rewind again with Paul Stevenson and Gino Conti. So welcome to episode 9 of the 80s Rewind Again podcast with myself, Paul Stevenson, MFR2 presenter, Tuesday nights between 7 and 9 with the 80s Rewind show, and alongside me looking a bit like Lou Graham from Foreigner today, it is MFR's breakfast presenter, Mr. Gino Conte. I want to know what love is, and I want you to show me. After the podcast. Yeah, later on after the podcast, we'll dim the lights, get some romantic We'll turn that thing off as well. Yeah, well in fact we could keep on doing those sex tapes. (coughs) Sorry. (laughs) That line. We're, Sorry, what, thirty seconds in, I and you. I don't understand. I don't understand. What is wrong with you? What the line's been you? moved. Actually, technically, it's it in has. your favour. It's, it's it's to accommodate my cup. I love my that mug. Um, I love that mug. Yes, it is. Uh, my wonderful kids got me this fantastic mug. They done the eighties rewind on there and stuff like that. And Amazing. little message on there. You're doing great, Daddy. Blah blah blah. Did you see Lovely. how? Did, did the kids see how I was getting on? I don't know. Did they make maybe me a mug? No. Okay. Sorry about that. Nice. Hold up there. That's the mug. That's the mug. Thank you very much. I've got. I've got to say thank you to, to Mr. Gino Conti. You saved my life there. I came into yeah. the studio just a few moments ago, I know. and there was intruders trying to steal all those sweets. There was three hoodlums. If it wasn't for you, I could have been laying in a pool of my own blood. I can't take credit for it. If it wasn't for Mr. Miyagi, I could not have saved your life just moments ago. Oh, some lessons you've been having on a Wednesday night. Yeah, isn't well, it? I'm going to see this guy. His name's Mr. Yeah, Miyagi. Yeah, yeah. I think his great great granddad was the actual. Like, um, like, Mr. Miyagi. like Mr. Miyagi he came ah. from like a certain part of Japan Okinawa he came from amazing and uh, recently I've been going around I've been washing his car mm-hmm. I've been painting his fence and I've been sanding his floors does uh, he pay for this or well not really I just do it as like I mean he, he, he gave me a, he gave me my own car and I'm sort of getting well, like he bad. says I'm getting crying lessons but I, I don't know if I'm actually learning anything well to be fair I think after what just happened you certainly are learning Do you think something. I am? Oh, my word. I'll maybe take him some noodles later on. You then, saw three hoodlums single-handedly. Well, I use my feet as well. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're wondering what we're talking about, there's a little video up on the 80s Rewind Again Facebook page showing Gino rescuing, saving my life. And I think the moral of the story is, karate here, karate here, but karate never here. Wonderful. Yeah, I like that. Thanks. Plenty to come on this week's episode. We've got uh, interviews with Mr. Paul Young, a man who Young. you said in episode one had uh, the favourite album of the 80s. Was my, yeah, my favourite album, my first sort of real sort of cassette album, think mm. about that, when he's listening to my Walkman, lying in bed at night, was, was Paul Young. I and mean, one of my favourite songs at the moment is, uh, that. well, from that moment to now, is still, Oh, girl, I'll be in trouble if you left me now. I love Wonderful. Paul Young. And Paul Young worked professionally with, with my uncle. I was oh, telling right, you, okay. yeah, yeah, used to yeah. be Katie manager yeah. at Edinburgh Playhouse, and he had a pint with Paul Young. Many other eighties fans because we used to get sneaked in and stuff. We saw Bros and the likes and Boy mm. George and Culture Club and stuff, stuff like that. But yeah, he said that Paul Young at the time was his favourite because he was just so down to earth. Yeah, he wasn't egotistical. He was just sound. And they talked about family life and blah 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 where he was travelling to. So I, I take it you asked him about it. Didn't you? Uh, uh, Did you not, uh, um, Uncle Ivan? Wait, um, I. I I don't think I've included it on the podcast. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, that's... is it on the actual master copy? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Oh, God, I'll listen, yeah. I'll listen later yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll send it to you sometime. Because I wouldn't sometime. want you to feel bad about the fact if you forgot to ask him. Oh, no, as if I would. As and I've just I saved would. your life. So, it's... what's happening in episode nine? What else have we got? Well, as well as Paul Young, we've also got Clark Datchler from Johnny Hates Jazz. Oh, do you know something? They say Johnny Hates Jazz. I know Johnny. Okay, he ran away from home, and the fine young Campbell's had to say, Johnny, what's your <laughs> And they got him back, did, and he yeah, said to me, yeah. he doesn't mind jazz. Hate's a strong word, kids. He 
doesn't mind. He dislikes jazz. I actually asked uh, Clark the question. I'm sure he gets asked by everybody. Where yeah. did the name come from? And it is actually a man called Johnny who hates jazz. And there's a, quite, quite a funny story around it as well. And I'll let him tell that a little bit later on. Good. And there's a picture up on Facebook of the actual oh, Johnny. Right. They met him afterwards yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah, wonderful. It's a nice chat with him. They've got a new album out as well. So we'll chat about that a bit later on. We've also got um, In the Wild with Kim Wilde. Oh, this is something I've been, I've been brewing for, this. for ages. I've been waiting for this. I know. I've done a couple on my, my show on a Tuesday night. It's time to unleash it here on the podcast. Unleash the beast we know is in the wild with, with Kim Wilde. With Kim you know, Wilde. We asked Marty Pella to take part in it, but he basically told us to f- True story. Yep. <laughs> he wasn't too happy about taking yeah. part, unfortunately. But yeah. uh, many people have taken part, and you can hear the first episode of that one on today's podcast. Yeah. Do you know what I'm hoping? Mm-hmm. That you have asked Paul Young on that <laughs> master's copy about speaking to have a pipe with Uncle because yep. if you haven't asked him, then you're giving me, giving me nothing but shattered dreams, Paul. So relevant, kids. Certainly is. And also on this podcast, we've got a package from Dave the Geek, as per usual, but I've got no idea what it's about. He won't tell us. He's been really secretive this He's time. been really funny. He's only... He, mm. he, when we communicate towards him, yeah. he doesn't respond. He no. is, he's putting things on his terms. He's got his own fan club now. Mm. Uh, I believe there's an action figure coming out. Oh, um, he's going. I mean, it's like He-Man all over again. We're, we're getting all this... It's like Star Wars and that. We're getting all this memorabilia, this memorabilia yeah. coming out. Battle Squirrel coming out and stuff alongside you know him. I mean? Yeah. He's got groupies. I mean, there's... there's, there's Oh, yeah, yeah. Jennifer and Gemma oh. both getting in touch uh, during the podcast yeah. and saying that oh, I loved that TV, kids' TV of the eighties package that he did. And do you know what? something else? Do you know something else? What? Right, I've not got a mug like what you've got I've to got see how good I'm getting I've on. Got a mug. Yeah. I haven't really received any fan mail, right? It's true. Although that most episodes, yeah, yeah, we request some sort of pantage to be sent to us. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see the other day the truck beep 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 reversed in the car oh, park? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. About two dozen pairs of pants, all different sizes. Including granny pants <laughs> and really clean ones that you would wear to the doctor. Not, have you got and any on one of those, today? Those stringy ones. Stringy pants. Have you got any on today? Just checking. No, because they're not coming to me. Oh, what? They came for the geek. No way. He's getting. He's got I'm his own locker. This. He's got a locker. The geek's got a locker uh, in yeah. the building. And do you know, we Janice, it sits in the middle office. Oh yeah, yeah. That says PA, which I believe stands for <sighs> personal assistant. I'm not having this. Whatever happened to secretaries? Who does he think he is? David the geek. He does a he does a five minute package on the the best podcast you can get out there. Yeah. That's pretty fair enough, but you, still, it's only a five-minute bit of the show. Do you know what he said on. about us? Do you know what he said about us? Well, he called me old last time. I wasn't happy with that. Well, that's what I was going to say. Mm. I'm not old. I'm mature. Well, <laughs> can't even say mature, really. I'm hairy. I'm hairy. That's what I'm hairy. That's yeah, hairy. Suit, yes, I'm hairy. Good, yes. I have a third testicle. Really? No, I just thought I'd chuck that in there. <laughs> that line again. Sorry, sorry. Hey, do you know oh, that yeah. horses, right? I've been learning about horses recently, right? Because horses were under the 80s too, you know? My little pony and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That horses have got, on the inside of the legs, somewhere, probably just below the knee, right? They've got what they call a chestnut. It's like a wee bit of bone. And it's called the, the horse's chestnut. And um, it falls wow. off now and again. They have sometimes wow. more than one. Why are you telling me this? I just thought it'd be in- I was just killing time. <laughs> I thought it'd be interesting. You it was, it was wonderful. Like I, I quite, quite, quite like that. We've also got um, the uh, Gino's Big Quiz. Yeah, Big Quiz. We're going to start with that. And I can unveil. I'm going to do it at the end. I'm going to do it at the end. Oh, Keep right. you in suspense so you can't cheat. And I'm going to. You don't even know what the quiz is about. I've got no idea. This does your head in, doesn't right, it? I tried. Asking, what's it about? What's right, it about? This is between you and me, 80s fans. I tried this morning to see it, but I was like, what's the quiz on? <laughs> Let's tell you. I'll just give me enough idea that way I can think mm. about the sort of subject. Mm. I know nothing. <laughs> and I'll be proved that when we actually do the quiz ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't happy with you getting 11 out of uh, 15 last I was time. More, so. I was more than happy because mm. the time before I got 5 out of 15. It was five, yep, shocking. Romantic. Shocking. It wasn't very good. I can unveil it now. Yep. This one yep. is all about covers. Because Paul Young was known for his cover songs, all the questions are about covers and samples and things like oh that. Look God. at his face, look at his face, 80s fans. Will it include... Pull up, no, no, no flicking on the phone, no cheating on there. Will, will it include any sort of um, like covers, like, like bedsheet covers? Because like, when I was an 80s child, I had Star Wars and all that. Yeah, Did you? I had one of them black ones with like the red diagonal lines on it and grey hey, bits on it and stuff. How many of you had that clown guy? You know the black and white clown thing? Oh, that yeah, yeah, Prero, yeah. Prero, whatever it was? Yeah. They went, that went a bit ballistic in the 80s. Well, yeah, yeah. It was, my sister's room was like, it was, scary, I couldn't go in. It? I couldn't go in because I watched Poltergeist, and there's an 80s <laughs> movie for you, an 80s scary movie, and there's a bit with the clown in it, oh my, and then rips the stuff on it, and then the tree rattles at the window, and then the guy goes to wash his face, and then it, <laughs> his house is clear. 
Scary. Yeah, I didn't believe it. Your knowledge of 80s movies is phenomenal. Thanks. I don't know how you keep it all up there. It's, it's I can't incredible. even see that for what? Phenomenal. Anyway, um, we're also giving away the sweeties as well. Sweeties. I've had to put them away in the safe because yeah. them hoodlums came in and tried to steal yeah. them. Sweeties. I'll make sure they didn't get hold of any. And sugar and sweet things attract bees, wasps, hoodlums. And hoodlums, people. Hoodlums. But they got that. They got a dozen. That's what I tell my kids. You get a dozen. I don't really give them dozens. I tell them. I practice my crack in it. No, it's a dojo. It's a dojo. <laughs> yeah. So tell us again, Gino and Conti, yep. how can you win £100 worth of retro sweets from Swizzles Matlows? What no. you have to do is go into the 80s Rewind Again Facebook page and you'll find a picture of Paul and I with the handsome ones holding all the sweeties together. What you have to do is, first of all, like the 80s Rewind Again page and then share that specific photograph. That's the one. You yeah. think it's got about 90 something shares at the moment? It's got a few. So. It's got a few. Yes. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't yep. Because we've got lots of international li- uh, listeners and podcasters that download our podcast. So it doesn't matter where you are in the whole wide world, we'll get it to you 80 style. We certainly will, yes. How, how, how's 80 style? Um, Royal Mail Post. Back of a yeah. Ford just Sierra post, or just post. Yeah. 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 Or, or we can like maybe that. try and find. When I say 80 style, maybe we'll send it back to the future. <gasps> So oh, this think, is good. Yeah, we'll, we'll throw it around certain yeah. years. So you'll send receive it, it when you're actually 15. And then we'll send it back. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> because it'll be totally right. Yeah. Like, where did I get these sweets yeah. from? And then we'll fast forward to now when you're about 45 and you've got knee teeth. Because uh, you want knee teeth. Exactly. Oh, and when so we so read your name out and say you're getting your sweets, you'll think so back, I actually won them. So I get it 30 years ago. It makes sense. Yeah. So go to the 80s Rewind Again Facebook page. So just facebook.com forward slash 80s Rewind Again. That's all. Get our 80s musings on there. Like that page. Do that easily, and then you share the picture. The it's picture. Like a black picture, nicely designed by Mr. Craig Noble. Thank you very much to Thanks. him. Um, picture of myself and Gino. I think we're dropping some sweets at some point. My arm looks like it's going to fall We're dropping off some acid. Sweet. Sorry, sweets. That's not... Okay, yeah, we'll go with that. And, um, yeah, share that picture, and you go into the draw to win those sweeties. Now, the closing date for this is the 30th of April, so no point sharing this after the 30th of April. You won't go in the draw. That is approximately 26 days from this moment in time. So who's that? I don't know who that I was. I think well, I can say is, hey, you guys! Lovely. Hey, you guys! Lovely. That's what you have to start. Next time you get in trouble, you shout that out. Just That's randomly? Your, it's not like a meeting call. Should I have done that earlier? when I was? You should have done, out? yeah, but fortunately, I was right behind you. You were, luckily, you weren't late this week. Like, if you'd have been late, that could have been spelled the end of me. Like Goose and Maverick, I was your wingman. I was your wingman. Next time, you could be mine. <laughs> let's do this podcast, let's do Fun it. times. Right, let's kick it off in with a bit of Clark Datchler. The man behind Johnny Hates Jazz. And I had to start off the interview by asking him about the big, big song, Shattered Dreams. I think that one of the interesting things with Shattered Dreams is that it's it's been played a heck of a lot since then. Um, in actual fact, I, I, I got an award recently. It's been played um, over 3.2 million times in the U.S. alone. Wow. Um, which, is a, which is a lot. And I used to live in the U.S. for some years, so I did hear it quite often there. So in some ways, it, it's... Uh, it felt it felt like it's never really gone away. Hearing it now, I mean, what's your feelings on the song? I know some people kind of look back on the big hits and a little bit of distrust, kind of. Oh, that's that song again, kind of thing. But how do you hear your song? Oh no, I, I'm. You know, look. Obviously, I was younger when I wrote those songs, so especially lyrically, I approach things in a certain way. And I'm older and a little bit wiser now, so I'd like to think I, you know, approach things slightly differently. But but that said, um, I'm very proud of those songs, and um, you know, I I, I really can't fault them they, they've done me proud they've done the band proud and um and uh yeah i'm i'm happy with them and just talk about shattered dreams again where did it come from is there, is there a big meaning behind it uh no shattered dreams i think at the time i was really trying to get into the the, the realm of what it'd be like to go through a divorce and you know that was really um pulling from uh, uh examples that i'd come across people i'd met etc but beyond that i think shattered dreams actually its subject matter is something could be applied to uh, many things now i don't think it's necessarily just a love song because we're we're dealing with all kinds of shattered dreams in our lives and our societies as we continue to progress through the years and uh, as you know we've seen quite recently with the the different kinds of riots they mm. they bring about other kinds of shattered dreams so i think that's one of the reasons why the song has remained applicable I thought it was going to do well, but inevitably I didn't realize that it was going to have the the widespread appeal that it did. And um, and again, I really didn't foresee that this many years later it would still um, be as popular as it is. 
and and the band obviously still remains very popular to this day as well. I mean, wherever you go, the, the name's mentioned, and it's it's such a strong name, isn't it? And and back to basics, you probably get asked all the time, but the band's name itself, where did it come from? Um, there's two of us in the band now, myself and Mike Masito, and Mike's brother-in-law is called Johnny, and he hates <laughs> jazz. Uh, and um, in actual fact, if you go on Facebook, on the Johnny Hates Jazz official Facebook page, we had a photograph taken with Johnny for the first time ever, Mike and I, uh, because we bumped into him in a street in Cambridge, and there he was, and we grabbed the opportunity, so you can actually see what he liked on the Facebook so, so the Johnny is actually there. He's a real person. He's a real person, yeah. And uh, what, what's bizarre as well is the fact that y- your dad was actually a professional jazz musician as well, wasn't he? What did he think of the name? Uh, he wouldn't talk to me for about a month after <laughs> I told him the name of the band. And it, it, the irony is is that really it wasn't a personal comment. None of us hated jazz. Um, I was raised partly on jazz music, so, um, you know, I think for my dad, he was, uh, um, I think, felt a little bit hurt about it because people who love certain genres of music, especially if they're professional musicians within that genre, um, attach a lot of pride and and, uh, and love for that genre. So I think he took it a bit personally at first, but actually he was, there was no one more supportive than my dad when it came to uh, what I was doing with the band. So it was very short-lived. Good stuff. And the, the band's name certainly helped you get remembered, didn't it? Because it was one of those names that just kind of stuck out there in the 80s as well. So. Indeed, yeah. Brilliant. Good stuff. Well, anyway, time to move on to hear another of the, the massive tracks that we had from back in the day. Um, and this one certainly did have a bit of a meaning behind it, didn't it? It's talking about I Don't Want to Be a Hero. I Don't Want to Be a Hero was written um, at the time of the Falklands War. So we're talking, you know, relatively speaking, mid-80s. And um, it, it was... The 80s were an interesting period of time because it was still an era when there were quite a few pop records being written and recorded that had something to say about our world, not just, you know, interpersonal songs or songs about other, you know, dancing or whatever. Um, so that was something very much that I'd grown up with in the 70s as well. And, um, and here I was just an opportunity for me to express concerns about conflicts that uh, we were experiencing all around the world. But that particular one was the one that, um, uh, that sparked the idea for me. Looking back now at the band and the videos and uh, all their uh, public appearances, the one thing that really struck me at the time was that the smart suits, the cool look, there was no flamboyant makeup or large colourful designs with the costumes or anything like that. Was that a purposeful choice of yours? I think it was really. Um, in part, it was the fact that my brother Ash um, was working in a, uh, a great store on the King's Road at that time. And so he could get us clothes that originally we could just borrow, and, and we would borrow for these, these appearances. Some of the first TV shows, we were wearing these borrowed suits from, uh, from the store. And, um, and it was really high-level stuff. It was uh, Armani and Jean-Paul Gaultier and all this stuff. So, um, and it was something also that we just felt at ease with because we didn't want to be pigeonholed too much, um, and, uh, and, and it just seemed to work. So a huge album, huge singles behind you, all that success. Why did you leave the group? Uh, I was very young at the time, and uh, back then, in the 1980s, there were actually quite a few bands that um, went through a period of of very big success and then imploded. Uh, I think that happens less so now, and one of the reasons, I think, is that um, the stakes were very, very high um, in those days. You know, if you think about it, um, Britain's second biggest export throughout the 1980s was music. And uh, so there was a lot riding on it, and that involved all kinds of pressures, and uh, I just felt at, at some point that I, I needed out and I needed some time to do my own thing. And uh, did you write for, uh, for any other people? Because I know you used to write uh, very in the early days, didn't you, for some was it Martha Reeves and the Drifters and things like that as well? Yeah, you've done your research. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. <laughs> I, I did. When I was um, in my uh, late teens, I, I was in L.A. doing some songwriting for some, for some other people, but... It's not something that's really appealed to me, and I think partly the reason for that is that I like to write about things that I care about and that are important to me. And when it when it comes down to writing to order, uh, I would feel too limited about what I could or could not write about. You know, as much as I think, I, in some ways, maybe that was 
not a wise decision in terms of business. In terms of my spirit and myself as a, a writer, I think it is the right thing to do. I just want to write for the things that I do. Wow. To think that Johnny really did hate jazz. He really did. Yeah. And the funny bit is his dad, Clark's dad, was a jazz musician, famous jazz musician. I think we should listen a bit of jazz to find out if Gino and Paul hate jazz too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Perhaps that could be like our... Um, a tribute band right do you know and Paul hate jazz ok we well, can sing Shadow. well that you have put some jazz on you got some jazz there and okay. let's, let's have a listen to okay. find out if Gino and Paul really do hate jazz ok here we go that's I'm not a fan of that I'm not a fan of that it's not good although I, do, I like doing jazz hands jazz hands and I give him a bit of Al Jolson I know he's not 80s but maybe more 80s <laughs> I walk a million miles for one of your smiles my mammy Wonderful. That was lovely. I Thanks. like that. Thanks. So, yeah, get yourselves onto the Johnny H. Jazz Facebook page. I think it was back in 2011 where he's got a picture of him and uh, the real Johnny. They spotted yeah. him in London. Got yeah. the picture up there. It's fantastic. Yeah. I remember on one time I got bitten by one of these radioactive spiders, you know. Um, and, you know, I realised at the time that I had the ability to be like a spider. And I was speaking to my uncle about it because he raised me after my parents. Right, like, okay. this yeah, is weird. Yeah. And uh, I remember saying to him, and he says, Look, with great power comes great responsibility. And I quoted Johnny H. Jazz by saying, Ah, I don't want to be a hero. See, that's a true story. It Thanks. sounds like it's a true story to me. Well, why would you why doubt wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it be? I'm, 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 not, I'm not saying, I'm not doubting you at all. I'm just I always tell why, the truth. I know, I know. Why, why do you get so defensive? I'm not defensive, but we did You're defensive, look. What you don't Zip. know... What? Zip. <laughs> Enough from you. Enough from you. Fine. Right. Fine. Right. I'm just Someone else it. who's been defensive. Who? That geek man thing. I've started to add a bit, bit too much of that boy. From now on, I'm referring to him as David the Freak. Okay? <laughs> That's a bit mean. Because David the Geek, he's dead to me. I'm sick of falling over his fan mail in that blooming main office over there. I'm sick Stacks of reaching for a disc off in the kitchen, in the staff kitchen, and finding out and wiping my face with a pair of pants. <laughs> and they're like, love Angie. <laughs> two days. Green and lipstick. Yeah. Yeah. With big crosses. The geek thing is the crosses were a d- darker shade. Oh, I don't need to know that. I don't need to know that. The lipstick. Don't need to know that. Dirty. Don't need to Dirty. know that. Don't need to know that. Don't need to know that. <coughs> so, let's find out because he's not told us. He's not bothered to tell us. Let's find out what the geek has got planned for us this time. Or in other words, what the freak has got planned for us because David the geek, he's dead to me. Let's hear from David the geek. So I've been improving this podcast for a few months now, and I'm a bit sick of the 80s. What's so good about the 80s? The 90s were way better. So with that in mind, I thought I'd carry on from last month's kids' TV themes and look at the best cartoons of the 90s. Bucky O'Hare was a green cartoon rabbit who goes where no other rabbit would go. From an alternate dimension, the Anniverse, where animals run amok fighting the toad menace, Bucky and his unlikely crew of... Oi, geek! What do you think you're doing? No way. Ah, only joking. It was an April Fool. I'm keeping it 80s. And looking at the best of 80s fools with British comedies and comedians. I'm starting with possibly the best British comedy of all time. Only Fools and Horses. Created and written by John Sullivan. Starring David Jason as Del Boy and Nicholas Lyndhurst as Rodney. With a whole host of comical supporting characters like Uncle Albert, Trigger and Boxy. Set in Peckham, South London, the show followed Del Boy and Rodney. Trotters independent traders. Nice acronym. In their pursuit of the high life through some hilarious situations. This time next year we will be millionaires! Some of which are etched in almost every British person's mind. All you have to say is Chandelier, Batman and Robin or Bar Hatch and it conjures up images that still make you smile. I think we're on a winner here, three. All right, play it nice and cool, son. Nice and cool, you know what I mean? The series received numerous awards, including recognition from BAFTA, the National Television Awards, and the Royal Television Society, and even managed to beat all others for the coveted 2013 Arata Award. That's the 80s Rewind Again Television Award for Best Comedy. I mean, that's about as good as you can get, really. Check out episode 8 of 80s Rewind again. For me, um, and the characters as well, Del Boy, I mean, the way he was played, fantastic. You know, the Who Dares Wins, the Rodders and the Conquer, yeah. and I love the fact he was like, he was all that. He was trying to be all that with the bling and stuff, and he'd go into the pub and he'd have his peanut <laughs> They're all drinking real <laughs> ale and stuff. And the other thing about that programme is it's, it's gone on for so many years, you know, it hasn't lost any of its appeal. Not Even when they have these specials every now and again, everyone loves it and it's still watched by millions and millions of people. For me, one of the best comedy duos of the 80s were French and Saunders. 
The duo appeared on TV for the first time in 82 in the comic strip Presents, but later went on to their own sketch show in 1987. At the time, the show was given one of the highest budgets in BBC history to develop elaborate situation comedy sequences, with a mixture of funny sketches, parodies of well-known movies like Thelma and Louise, Misery and Titanic, and spoofs of pop icons like Bananarama, ABBA and Madonna. Both Don French and Jennifer Saunders have gone on to have successful solo careers, but they still occasionally meet up to do the odd sketch or two together. Don French's ex-hubby, Lenworth George Henry, better known as Lenny Henry, also deserves a mention as he was massive in the 80s. That's before he started advertising dirty weekends for a certain budget hotel chain. In 84, he started The Lenny Henry Show, which ran for 20 years. The show was a mix-up of stand-up, impressions and spoofs. He's one of the best British comedians of the 80s, creating memorable characters who both mocked and celebrated black British culture, such as Trevor McDonough and Delbert Wilkins. What's happening? My name is Delbert Wilkins. I come from Brixton. Why do the police keep messing with me all the time? It's true, guy. All the time they keep stopping me and searching me, stopping me and searching me, stopping me and searching me. It's getting so bad, man. I'm beginning to suspect myself. <laughs> you know, I look in the mirror and go, well, maybe I did do something. I'm sure I've seen that face on Crime Watch, you know what I mean? Lenny also co-founded Comet Relief in 1985 with comedy scriptwriter Richard Curtis in response to the famine in Ethiopia. The first Red Nose Day was held in 1988 and has continued ever since, with this year's Red Nose Day raising over £75 million so far which is great, unlike the One Direction song. The first comic relief charity record was released in 1986 and featured Cliff Richard and the cast of The Young Ones in a rendition of Living Doll. Hey, kids, it doesn't matter what you are. Punks, skins, rastas, lords, rockers, Keith Chagrin even, everybody everywhere, stop smogging and pay attention to me because if you're a wild-eyed loner at the gates of oblivion, then hitch a ride with us because we're riding on the last freedom moped out of nowhere and we haven't even told our parents what time we're coming home. So, pull on your dancing trousers and get down to the total and utter king of rock and roll, Cliff Richard! Got myself a crying Lenny Henry also starred in the final episode of The Young Ones. Once in every lifetime. The Young Ones was a crazy sitcom which followed four undergraduate students living in the most disgusting student house I've ever seen, and I've lived in a few myself. Rick Mayo played Rick, the pompous wannabe anarchist Spotty Virgin. Ed Edmondson played ultraviolet punk Rivian. Vivian, Vivian, Vivian! Honestly, whenever anything explodes in this house, it's always blind Vivian! Well, who do you suggest we play? Blind whoever rang the front doorbell, because they obviously triggered off the bomb I set up. Christopher Ryan played the mafioso Mike, with Nigel Planner as Hippie Neil, the butt of everyone's jokes and senseless violence. Neil, it's very rare that you interest me, but today you have. Why do you keep coming in here carrying a cake and saying surprise? My birthday. Now you knew that anyway, and we don't care, so where's the surprise? There was barely any plot as the show kind of stumbled along with slapstick comedy, spattered with some political commentary and mindless violence. For some reason, bands even turned up every now and again for no reason whatsoever. Bands like Madness and even Motorhead. Two minutes to get to the station! We've been picked, right, to go on University Challenge tonight! To the station! Music! It is pretty dated now, but still amazingly funny, and it just kind of works. Now, many people consider Red Dwarf as part of the 90s, but it started in 1988, and the first three series were in the 80s, so I'm including it, because it's amazing, so there. Craig Charles played Dave Lister, a space bum, the slobbiest human being alive, especially after a lethal dose of cadmium 2 kills the crew of his spaceship and he is placed in suspended animation for three million years, leaving him as the last human being alive. Who is everybody not? The dead day. Who is? Everybody day. What, Captain Hollister? Everybody's dead day. What, Todd Hunter? Everybody's dead day. What, Selby? They're all dead. Everybody's dead day. <laughs> Peterson isn't, is he? Everybody is dead, Dave. Not Chen. Gordon Bennett, yes, Chen, everybody. Everybody's dead, Dave. Rimmer. He's dead, Dave. Everybody is dead. Everybody is dead, Dave. <laughs> Wait, are you trying to tell me everybody's dead? His only companions are his anal roommate, Arnold Judas Rimmer, brought back from the dead in the form of a hologram to keep him sane. An evolved descendant of his pet cat, the ship's senile computer, who's gone a bit strange after three million years on his own, and then later on in the series, Crichton the Mechanoid. So here to finish are some of the best moments of Red Dwarf. Sure, they've taken Mr. Rimmer. Quick, let's get out of here before they bring him back. I hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert. May I remind you of Space Corps Directive 34124? 34124. No officer with false teeth should attempt oral sex in zero gravity. So let me get this straight. 
You want to fly on a magic carpet to see the king of the potato people <laughs> and plead with him for your freedom. And you're telling me you're completely sane? The name's Commander Rimmer, Arnold Rimmer. Friends call me Ace. I've come from another dimension. Smoke me a kipper, Skipper. I'll be back for breakfast. What a guy. So that's my favourite comedies and comedians of the 80s. I'll be back next month making Paul and Gino look good. But until then, don't forget, keep it 80s, not 90s. What are you doing? I'm going to send them my pants. Don't. I think I love them. <sighs> I think I'm so sorry for saying things Put about the Put your jeans back on. Put your jeans back on. Put that. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. Sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Dun, I was going to send them my dun, pants. Dun, I've got my white ones on, but dun, 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 I've had a reaction for the Oh, jeez, man. That line, you just. Oh. Sorry. Enough, sorry. enough. Do you want to see my bikini line? I just. Uh, All right. Enough. Enough. <clears> Thank <throat> you very much to the geek. Thanks, that's geek. a good one. Oh, that's a beauty. Love it. Love it. <laughs> you know, Comedy show. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's been sick in my you, mouth. You okay there? Oh, it's so funny. That was the funniest thing ever. Okay, I'm glad <laughs> he did comedians. So, I'm so glad he did comedians, you know, because I don't think it's good nowadays to even refer back to any sort of TP presenter of the 80s. No. Especially the one it's that, difficult, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, especially yes. one that maybe used to jangle at his, his jewellery and, yes, no, and wear tracksuits and do runs and didn't really do runs. Funny now. TV presenter. Yeah. Is the oh, oh, kind of swimming yeah. pools and people oh, end up getting, oh, 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 oh. yeah, yeah. Sort of, sounds like a sort of, sounds like a dog that swallowed a yo-yo <laughs> and maybe one of those gazoos, yazoos. That's enough for that then. Right, I think I think we've said enough. I think we have said anything at all. Indeed, I totally agree with you. Time to move on to a massive interview. Now, this is a man who had so many hits; it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. One of your favourites, my hero. He's, he's well, sang the opening line of Band Aid, sang did. Live Aid. He's number ones all around the world. All. Absolutely fantastic and also a member of a band called the Q-Tips the before Q-tips, he went yeah, so right. long so yeah. here we are big enough introduction this is Mr Paul Young and make sure you listen out for the reference to my uncle that you worked with at the play he went for a pint in the playhouse I've, I've, I've not got that bit oh it's not on it so yeah. the master though yeah yeah I'll get a listen later I'll get a listen yeah, yeah. You, do, you do that yeah. here's, here's, Paul, here's Paul Young Paul You were definitely, without a doubt, one of the hardest working singers on the uh, circuit. Q-Tips, what was it, 700 gigs in three years? The Q-Tips, we certainly put the groundwork in. Because, uh, well, with the Q-Tips, you know, we made our money from touring live. We didn't sell a great deal of records, unfortunately. And yet it's amazing how so many people say, I saw the band. Indeed, yeah. In fact, they saw the band because we were so busy. The the group uh, split up in 1982 and you signed the solo deal. Was was the writing on the wall for the band? Was Was the solo deal kind of in the offing before this? Um... Kind of, yeah. There was a little bit, mainly because we were getting a little bit frustrated that it hadn't happened for us. And um, I think what happened is we kind of tried to change things to fix it, and I think it Mm. only made it worse. I mean, we did get accused of just being a covers band, but the funny thing is the Q-Tips album had less covers on it than the Paul Young album (laughs) did. (laughs) I think we wrote uh, about 60, 70% of the album, and we... We did okay, but then we felt that, that it wasn't right, and uh, some other guys tried writing in the band, and I didn't like their material, and mm. that's the problem. So uh, I was writing my own, and so then when we couldn't get a deal for the band, but uh, I think in general the record companies thought the band was washed up, but the singer was good. And from then on, you came out of there and uh, you signed your deal and uh, the first two singles didn't really make much of an impact to start with, but then it all went massive, didn't it, with uh, Wherever I Lay My Hat? Yeah, yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. Absolutely huge. Three weeks at number one in the summer of 1983. Now, was that kind of vindicated? Did you feel good at that point? Did you feel like you'd made the right decision? Yes, I did. I mean, when I wrote songs for the Q-Tips and tried to put them in, they were going, oh, it's not really like the Q-Tips. And I thought, no, they're right, it's not, actually. And so I kind of thought, I, I kind of put them by without even knowing I was going to get a solo deal. That, mm. that's kind of, that, that is how you could say the writing was on the wall. And... um and there's only one of the guys that still doesn't speak to me because, <laughs> <laughs> because I quit the band. But I did say, look, I, I want to do a Rod Stewart and the Faces. I want to make solo albums, but keep the band going. Mm. Uh, there was one member that didn't want to be in it if I was in it as soon as I said right. I was going to get a solo deal. Uh, the rest of them are still my friends. Uh, the trumpet player I've known since I was two years old. And the sax player who famously said to me, when uh, I said I'm going to do wherever I lay my hat, he went, what do you want to do with, like, a cover of a Marvin Gaye song for that wasn't even a hit? Shows what he knows, that's all I can say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, although he did write a couple of big hits himself. He wrote Darling for Frankie Miller. Oh. And, uh, 
so he did know his stuff. But it's just one of those things, and I still see Stuart now. Wherever I lay my head, that's my home. Uh, success, it just seemed to flow for you from then on, didn't it? I mean, uh, the album itself, No Parley, it was, was huge. Five weeks at number one and hung around the top 100 chart for 119 weeks, triple platinum. Was it? It, was, it was crazy, yeah. Yeah. God, that's two years, yeah. Yeah, over two years, yeah. yeah. Um, and other big singles off there, Come Back and Stay, which we've just played, and Love of the Common People as well, which kind of, it, it's unusual because um, some groups go around the world, I don't know, just off the top of my head, maybe Soft Cell, and everyone thinks Tainted Love, but when you go around the world, you your biggest singles in different territories are different everywhere, aren't they, if you see what I mean? They are, that's what I find so strange, yeah. Because in general, rec- the way record companies would like it to be is the same the world over, much easier yeah. to comprehend. But, uh, yeah, Love of the Common People was the biggest in Italy. And uh, Every Time You Go Away was the biggest in Japan and America. But in here in England, they always say, ah, oh, it's wherever I lay my hat, you know. It was, uh, it's just one of them things. And again, like you said, it's, it's fabulous that you can draw on such wealth of yeah. material oh, and, as well when you go and play these places. Yeah, and Come Back and Stay was number one for about six weeks, I think, in Germany. Yeah, of course, yeah. That's a huge single. Um, and just one more thing off that first album I'd like to mention. You're obviously known for your soul voice and your soulful songs and all that sort of stuff. But the, the cover of Joy Division's Love Will Tear Us Apart, what made you include that one on there? Um... There, it was because I was very. Uh, my, I've got my soul collection was massive. Uh, my mm. pop collection was massive. So that that was how I found love of the common people and wherever I lay my hat and stuff like that. But with regards to modern songs, um, I said to Laurie, the producer, I said it it would be a good idea if we could turn it on its head. And instead of doing old soul stuff and doing a modern arrangement of it, let's find a modern song and do like a soul R&B arrangement of it. Mm. And what we actually ended up with was something right down the middle of that. But my basic premise, um, he came up with the idea of Love Will Tear Us Apart. I thought, hmm, how can I make that work for me? Um, And then I came up with the idea of what if the Four Tops had done it? So I I stole the rhythm pattern from Reach Out, I'll I'll Be There, and put that to Love Will Tear Us Apart. And then from then on, then I could approach the song thinking like Levi Stubbs, you know. (laughs) Brilliant. It's it's fantastic as well, because whenever you see people chatting about the song itself, because it is so different to the original, that it really does stand up. Well, that's the... The best thing you can do is get as far away from the original as possible, Mm. because then people... Uh, are less likely to compare, they're likely to accept it on its own merits, I think. And the other thing I just remembered, I think it it stuck around for so long, for a couple of years, because uh, there was a lot of variation on the album. I, I, I always hated buying albums where every where the band's identity was so strong that, mm. that every track sounded the same, but we always did strive to... Because the material came from very different places, Yeah, and we approached each song from a different angle, uh, you got a lot of variation on it, so you get less bored, I think. Indeed, and it certainly, well, certainly didn't bore the British public staying around the charts for so long and going triple platinum. Uh, moving on from 1983 into 1984 then, and the, the thing that most people probably ask you about all the time is, is Band-Aid. Now, you sang the, the iconic opening lines on there. How did all that come about? Um, I got a personal phone call from Bob. Uh, I was actually going out with someone at the time that was working in his PR company, oh. so it was easy for him to get my number. I bet there were other people. It was probably a little bit tougher. Um, and also, I, 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 I was I was probably the newest boy on the block, I think, at that point. Mm. Um, so he called me at my little flat in um, Highgate and said, <laughs> do, you, do you want to come down and do this? And I thought it sounded like a great idea. My manager had already briefed me, uh, and he said uh, that Bob wants to speak to himself, but this is basically what's going on. And because I was so busy, I hadn't seen the footage, you know. Um, so my manager said, this is what's going on. And so I said, yeah, sure, I'll be a part of it. Um, and uh, well, went in, and my part was the middle part that I do in the song, the um, raise a glass for everyone, you know, and uh, then Bob and Mitch, I think, both came over to me and said, we've, we've had a meeting and decided that you should do the first line. Wow. Um, and so I got it. It was just in the 11th hour. I think they'd got almost everything else but that. Um, and... I tell the story that, um, uh, that 
David Bowie couldn't make it because he was touring J Japan. Otherwise, they probably would have had him. And Bob Gerloff says to me, no, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> so I don't know if I made that up or not, <laughs> but I know for certain he wasn't there. And if I was making a charity record in 1984, I would have had David Bowie on it. Oh. So I, I think my story is probably true. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a big compliment nonetheless, though, to stick with that as it is. Um, the, the, the whole Band-Aid thing with you on there, and it kind of woke America up to you a little bit, didn't it? Because they were kind of, oh, who's this fella singing the opening line to exactly, this huge yeah. song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, and um, it was because I think wherever I lay my hat now, have it, no, we, yeah, we put it out in America, and it confused them because uh, radio is very segregated in America. Yeah, yeah. So wherever I lay my hat was played by all the uh, by the R and B stations. Then they found out I was a white artist from England, <laughs> and the next one was come back and stay, and they said it's too rocky for us. So the rock, so. So they wouldn't play it, and the rock station said, no, we're not going to play it because he's an R&B artist. <laughs> so the whole thing backfired, yeah. and it's so ridiculous to try to fit in with that kind of radio scheme. One thing I want to just ask you about, um, I remember years ago mem uh, seeing um, a Dick Clark interview with you and he kind of put to you, well, why, why do you sing other people's songs? And it uh, kind of annoyed me a little bit because nobody ever said that to Elvis, do you know what I mean? It was like, yeah, it was almost like they were picking on you for singing other people's songs and be becoming famous that way. And how did that feel to you? Yeah, uh, well, they've always said that, but I mean, my... If, if I was a little bit more bitchy, I'd say, well, there's some albums that I've bought and listened to, and I wish they had gone out and done some other people's songs, because mm. there's a lot of rubbish on there, you know. A lot of albums you buy, they've got three hit singles on, and the rest of it is just the tracks that didn't make it as singles. Yeah, yeah. Whereas when I would choose Cuckoo Karama or something like that, I'd know for damn sure that was never going to be a single, but I chose it because I thought artistically it's a good track, you know. Mm. And... um and that's what it's all, it's, it's all about, getting the best material for, for your album and giving your audience something that's worth the money. Brilliant. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you, Paul. Um, just one last thing. You'll be up in Scotland uh, in June playing the Here and Now Festival at Falkirk Stadium. Do you enjoy doing these sorts of things? Yeah, I do. They are a lot of fun because uh, there's all these people that we, that we used to bump into all the time when mm. you were on the TV show, like on the promotional circuit, like... I bump into Mike Fry of ABC in Germany and Go West in, in Italy and somewhere else. And, and then it's nice to see each other all back on these tours because all of that bravado of youth has gone and everybody's <laughs> just there enjoying. I suppose it's a chance to just go, yeah, I, I did these songs and they, and they were big hits and I'm proud of them, you know. So and I used to resent it in the 90s when I was still trying to forge forward and make new music, but now it's... Near, near, nearly 30 years in fact it's yeah, over yeah. 30 years since I've heard <laughs> it it's far enough away to look back and go no I should be proud of those you know, and it's, it's good fun to do and it's great when you see the, the, the crowd that turns out and it's not just the oldies you get the youngsters there as well they just love the music yeah I think this happens more and more these days because parents especially from the 80s uh, I think music played a big part in our lives because Definitely. there wasn't anything else so, so a new album coming out by an artist that you like was a big thing, you know. So, so I think they still regularly play their music around the house, and and, and all their children hear it and uh, pick up on occasional artists here and there. You know, I watched to know me in the '80s with my dad, right? Oh. My dad gets confused quite easily. Big mm, Enzo, baby. He's a fan of the podcast. Hi, Big Enzo. He may be in bed right now listening to this with my mum because that's what they did to episode eight. They were lying in bed together. And I said to mum, did you listen to it? Oh, she went, no. About 12 minutes in, your dad got a bit randy. <laughs> that's what she said. Do we need to hear this? And then the laptop got broken. It was that much moving about. <laughs> We've all moved out. I mean, they're in the house on the road, you know. <laughs> I mean, woof. Poor neighbours, poor neighbours. Must have thought a dog was getting shaved. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we used to do. That's what we used to do on a Sunday. Shave the dog. Like. Shave the dog. Just in our breaks. Just during yeah. the air breaks. Or anyway, anyways, yeah. So, so, so yeah, big Enzo baby. Whenever I used to say, I'm like, oh, Dad, I really like Paul Young. I really like Paul. I see Paul Young's in the telly. He'd get confused with Paul Young because it was the fisherman Paul Young, Scottish oh. guy. Yeah, I'd be like, Daddy, I don't think he fishes. He sings um, songs. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, like and you kind of forget how many big songs he had. I mean, uh, there's a load of songs in there mixed in with the interview and stuff as well, but you kind of forget about the 90s, like Senso and Adonna and things like that. And in the 90s as well, he covered Jimmy Ruffin's uh, What Becomes a Broken Hearted, yeah, but it, yeah. the Senso and Adonna, I mean, that was a uh, sucro, massive big, yeah, yeah, yeah. sugar, that's Italian for sugar. See, I'm here for a purpose. Uh, yeah, he was massive in the, in the in Italy, and that was that sort of international crossover. I mean, in a sense, he probably jumped internationally on Paul Young's mm. pictures, but Sansona Donna, no more pain and no sorrow. <laughs> Sansona, will I make it through my marrow? Oh, it's I amazing. loved it. Like, it's amazing. Loved it. And Paul Young now, I mean, even now, he was on um, that Pointless program, the Celebrity oh, Pointless, yeah, yeah. on TV, and he was on that recently. His wife's beautiful, absolutely mm. beautiful woman. And he just comes across as, as quite a nice guy. He is. He just he just chats along. Do you know what I mean? He was just fine to talk about the the old days and the stuff he's doing nowadays. Yeah. I mean, I didn't include the interview there, but in the interview that went out on the show, he talked yeah. about his uh, Los Pacaminos. He's got a kind of Tex-Mex band. It's all kind That's of steel right, guitars yeah, and all yeah. sort of stuff. He's been on the celebrity, I mean, cooking programs with Gordon Ramsay. That's his own right. And he, actually, he was on MasterChef as well. Yeah, that he was, did yeah, do he very did well, but well. yeah. I think he loves all his cooking. The interview on the show, did that have a bit of bit monk in it? Did you say them were going for a pipe on Clive? Yeah, I, I, I think I, I, I think I left. I, I don't. Th- I, I, yeah, I, I don't it, think it went out on the show either. Right, no, right, no. I, I right. think just time. I didn't think so I had it's enough still time. Still the master. It's still the master. Definitely. I'll get a listen after this. Isn't Definitely. I'll get a listen after this. Yeah, I look forward Definitely to that. Definitely on the 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 the, 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 the master somewhere. Yeah. So. Mr. Conti. Yep. Something we've been building up to for a long, long time here on the podcast. I've teased it a couple of times. I was going to do it, but then I decided not to do it. And then this is the right time, I feel, to unleash. Oh, I'll tell you what, before you are, look, Uh-oh. look, I'm going, I'll say yes, right? If you want to go for a weekend away, just the two of us. No, That's, you don't have to go stressing out over, like, past podcasts and stuff. Yeah, I know you've been waiting for a long time. To, it's okay to ask. It's, it's, it's a noise. I've got no idea what you're talking about. You're going to ask me. You say you've been building up for a long time. You're not. You've been wanting to do this for ages. If you want to ask me out on a wee date, a wee weekend away, no problem. Why would I do that? Maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, what was it you wanted to just forget? I was, I was, I was just going to say. Forget, we'll take that bit out. Okay. I was just going to say. Been building up to this for a long time. Involves lots of eighty stars. What? Well, if you want to just look at my, my scrapbook, you just need to ask no, me. It's no, got no, eight no, stars. It's nothing to do with you, mate. It's just, it's kind of, nothing, it's not sorry, anything to, right. do, to, to do with you. Yep, cool. I've, I've been, um, sorry, sorry. I don't, I, yeah, don't, don't cry. Don't I'm cry. Crying. I'm not crying. I'm sweating. I was doing fighting. I'm sweating. Sweating, sweating from the eyeballs. Sweating. I'm thinking about my uncle. All oh, right, See, okay. Can't wait to hear his voice. It's been years since I spoke to him. Oh, he was not on the thing. But he's yeah. not. He's not on the thing. No, I can't no, wait to hear about what they talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. That's my favourite uncle. I love that. Uncle. Paul Young definitely remembered that. He, he said it was probably up there. He says there's a couple of things in his life. There's yeah. obviously singing at Live Aid. Yeah, and then there was having a, a drink with your uncle in Edinburgh. Wow. And then there was like getting a number one in America. I think they were the three three big biggest things in his in his life. Yeah, because I, I was hoping he was going to say that. You know, um, that. The song every time I go, you go away. Take a piece of me with you. Yeah, was about Monkle because they got on so well. They were like brothers. Yeah, yeah. They only met for a couple hours, but yeah. they were like brothers. Like like the way we got on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. so what, what was the thing you were so building yeah, up to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just move on quickly. I listen to the master. I listen to the master. You you can listen to that. I'll 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 destroy it. Um, the thing I'm building up to, of course. In the Wild with Kim Wilde. Now, for the last couple of months, I've been speaking to 80s guests, yeah. and I've been building up the courage to ask them to do something a little bit unusual. I've been getting 80 celebrities to make animal noises. Here, I've got an animal noise for you. What's this? What's this? Paul Daniel's dove. No, that was ostriches mating. Ostriches. What? Ostriches. How would you know that? Because I saw it at the telly one time. That's the noise they made. I remembered it. What noise is this? <sighs> You dad, and no, that, that was that was me. All oh, right, okay. That was me in a bush waiting for the wife. She likes surprise. Okay, then. So, in the wild with Kim Wilde. Basically, the premise behind this is I get an eighty star to make a weird animal noise, and Kim Wilde has to guess who the eighty star is from the animal noise and from the clues that I give her. So we're going to do one an episode for the next maybe five episodes or so. So here you go, your very first episode of In the Wild with Kim Wilde. In the Wild with Kim Wilde. Can Kim guess the AC star from their wild animal impression? And it's time for our brand new feature in the wild with Kim Wild. Now, are you ready for this, Kim? I'm ready. Good stuff. Right, let's start with our very first 80s superstar. Now, this man is in the urban jungle today. Now, let's find out who is being the dog. 
Lovely. Now, Kim, here's your clue. Wouldn't it be good if you could get this one right? Okay, here's the riddle. This is a man who enjoys human racing and is the one and only man to pen a huge hit for Chesney Hawks. Kim, name the 80s star that will never let the sun go down on him. <laughs> You're making this far too easy. <laughs> um, that is, of course, the fabulous Nick Kershaw. That is correct, Kim. Nick Kershaw is in the wild with Kim Wilde. Absolutely spot on. Thank you very much, Kim. Behind the scenes. Hear how Paul asked Nick Kershaw to bark like a dog. Perfect. That's brilliant, Nick. Thank you very much. I've got a slight request. Can you do something odd for me? (laughs) Can you bark like a dog? (laughs) Um, I do a feature called (laughs) Wild with Kim Wilde. So she has to guess the celebrity from the the barking noise, but obviously I can't. Okay. So if you just bark like a dog. Are you ready for this? This is one of the most unusual requests (laughs) I've ever had in my life. I can tell you enjoyed that. Listen next time to find out how Kim Wilde gets on identifying another racy star from the animal impression on the next instalment of In the Wild with Kim Wilde. Nick Kershaw barking like a dog. I wonder how many times he's been asked, oh, what, a celebrity for 30 years? I wonder how many people have said to him, Nick, can you bark like a dog for me? Maybe four times. Do you think four? Yeah. Well, it puts me in the illustrious four bracket now. Unless he went, it goes to those clubs that you can go to. Can they roll, please? Maybe. Bark like a dog. Clap like Not a the seal. sort of club that um, Princess Diana went to with Kenny Everett and uh, Freddie Mercury. No, but that was amazing. Yeah. How she went dressed up as a that? guy, yeah. Mm. And that was the camo jacket on you and, you had, the um, and stuff. Freddie Mercury, Kenny Everett, Cleo Rockos. Cleo Rockos, because uh, it's in her book that's yeah. out now. I can't yeah. wait to see that. It was just the four of them, wasn't it? And yeah, because yeah, they, cause Dan, they went around, uh, it was at Kenny Everett's Kenny house, Everett's they were house, watching yeah. a TV show, the, the Golden Girls, and they turned in the volume and they were, they were messing about. So, that's the wife, I'll just get this. Hello? What are you saying? No bad. Guess what we're up to? What? We're recording episode nine of the eighties podcast, and you're on it right now. Oh. I'm telling you, I'm in this. <laughs> there's Paul there. <laughs> what do you, do you like, Paul Young? Do you like Paul Young? What do you like, Paul Young? I don't know who that is. Do you like uh, Nick Kershaw? He barks like a dog. I don't know who that is. Okay, can I phone you back then? Right, love you, love you. Let's have sex tonight. Bye. <laughs> I love my wife. Can we point out that she's only 17 years old? No, she's not 17. She's 28. She's 28. She's she doesn't know who Paul Young is. No, she's too young to be and the Nick Kershaw. Horses. She's into horses. She likes horses. Can I get a horse? Horses and chestnut puppy? things down there or something, whatever you talk about. No, it's not down there. It's right. on the knee. Okay, okay. So, thanks very much to Mrs. Conti for just yeah. interrupting there. Tell so, you. Yeah, so Nick Kershaw, Kim Wilde, getting him absolutely spot on. I'll bring you more of those over the coming episodes here on the 80s Rewind Again podcast. I'm looking forward podcast. to it. Now, Although, we can't, oh, we can't, oh, sorry, oh, just before, because oh, 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 there might be someone out there thinking, wow, you spoke to Mark Pello a couple of episodes ago. Is he going to do it? Basically, Mark Pello told us to... So... That was in the wild with Kim Wilde. Eighties rewind again, nearing the end of the podcast nine, and time for Gino's big quiz. Hit music! I love this music. I love this music. This is my favourite music. Short of the panpipes and the Connecticut, which I was thinking about when I was fighting off those hoodlums. Is that what helped you? Is that going through the brain while you're giving it the? <laughs> I just wish I had your karate prowess. I wouldn't have. Are you okay over there? That's my karate pants. Oh, right, okay, okay. It's like you're getting electrocuted or something. <laughs> you, honestly, you do cater to that. You'll be as good as me one day, Paul. Wonderful. And if you're thinking, I've got a I'm going to run out of quiz music. We just. Right, simmer, just, simmer. I just, I just, can I just say something, kids? What? If you're thinking you need a black belt to do karate, no need belt. <laughs> you need a scarf around your head. That's the, basically what you need. The motto of karate is listen, this is the motto of karate. I'm listening. I'm, listening. Before I'm going to say it again. Karate here. Karate here. What are you laughing at? This is like old Japanese. Oh, right, it's very oh, old. I'm listening, I'm listening. It's very wise. Oh, right, okay. Wait. <laughs> I can't do it for a laugh. Shh. <clears throat> karate here. Karate here. But karate never here. All right, quiz time. Wonderful. Right, I'll start the music again. 
There we go. There we go. So this week's it. Gino's Big Quiz is on cover songs. Cover songs. Samples. Samples. Covers. That covers. sort of thing. Because Paul Young, a lot of his big hits, and I asked him in the interview how he felt about people taking the mick, basically, sometimes, about the fact that he did a lot of cover songs. So there you go. Yeah. Are you ready for this? You've got 11 to beat. TV themes, yep. you've got 11. So I'm getting New Romantics, I'm with... 5. Am I getting Possible 15, 15 oh, points out of this. Word. Here we go. Here, here we, we go. Here we go. Question 1. <clears throat> Michael Andrews, featuring Gary Jules, had the 2003 Christmas number one with Mad World. But which band originally wrote and recorded the song? Mr. Conti. Tears for Fears. Ding! That's a good start. It's a good start. I'd like to throw one out there just to make That's it a little cool. bit easy. See if you get this one. Still on the easy realm, I think. Okay. Still on the easy realm. Are they going to get harder as we go? Yeah, That's we'll cool. We'll you see. don't mix it up a bit. We'll see. We'll see. Kim Wilde got to number two in 1986 with her version of You Keep Me Hanging On. Which group had a hit with it originally in 1966? Supremes. Correct. Hey, ding, 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 hey, ding. Hey. Well done. So good start. Two from two. Speaking of Ken Wild. Oh. You know that Ken Wild in the world with Ken yeah, Wild? Yeah, I know that. We're going to get Mara Pella to do it, but he told us to. True story, true story. Number three, DJ Sammy got to number one in 2002 with his version of what Brian Adams song? Heaven. Correct. Whoa. Ding, ding, ding. Three from three. Come yeah. on. Check you out. Number four, a man we've had on the show this very episode. Paul Young's big single in the US was Every Time You Go Away. Reached number one in 1985, got to number four over here in the UK. But which duo wrote and recorded the original version of that track in 1980? Which duo? By the look in your eye, I can tell you're gonna cry. Is it over me? Do you know the answer? Would I be wrong to say Paul Carrick? Are you going with Paul Carrick? Well, he's one of the duo. (laughs) (laughs) But but I'd be wrong to go for him. I'm not telling you either way. I, I need an answer. I names I'm going to have to start ticking at you. I'm going to say I'm going to say Dave Stewart and Paul Carrick. That's your answer. Wah, wah. Oh. Incorrect. I'm afraid it was Hall and Oates. Oh, Hall Appeared and Oates. on their 1980 album Voices. That song. Question five. Papa Don't Preach was a big hit for Madonna. We all know that. But who released a cover version of it in 2003 and got to number three in the charts with it? Kelly Osbourne. Correct. Come on. <laughs> That was Aussie. What was that? <laughs> okay. That's Aussie. T-Rex released Get It On in early 70s, but which 80s supergroup had a hit with a cover of the song in 1985? Get It On. Mm, get It On. Bang and Get on. Get it on. <laughs> which 80s supergroup oh had a hit with a cover of that super song group. in 1985? With an American supergroup? I'm not telling you anything. With a British supergroup? I'm not telling you anything. Supergroup. I'm going to say supergroup. I'm going to say foreigner. You going with foreigner? Is that because of the cap you're wearing today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of I've got the you. faith in the foreigner. Number six. The answer is incorrect. I'm afraid. The answer I was looking for were the Power Station. Remember them? Robert Palmer, John Taylor, and Andy yes, Taylor from Duran Duran, Johnny Thompson. Yes. From I remember. Okay, don't rub salt in the wound. Four out of six. I'm afraid. On to question seven. Coldplay got to number ten in 2005 with their song Talk, but it heavily sampled which song by Kraftwerk? Can I hear a bit of it? No. <laughs> the model. Are you going with the model? Yeah. It's incorrect, I'm afraid. It's computer love. <laughs> Double A side. Speaking of computer love, do you remember Electric Dreams? That's what that was about. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah computer yeah. love. Yeah, great song as well. Uh, yeah, let's hear a snippet of that actually. Oh, now you play it. I've got to play it afterwards. If I oh, play no, it before, but... you'll get it. I may not have got it, but would it help me? I'm not here to At help At least you. I would have known I'm it. here to stump you. There's only two songs that I know from Kraftwerk, The Model and Computer <laughs> Love, so I would have cancelled The Model out. Well, there you go. There's nothing wrong with helping Four people. Four out of seven. There is when I'm trying to beat you. Soft Cell. This is question eight. Soft Cell had a worldwide number one hit single with Tainted Love. But which singer, who was Mark Boland's girlfriend, originally released this in 1965? I know her name. You know her name. And you she's the mother her. of his. She's the mother of his only son. Because I watched the documentary about Mark Bolan, and honestly, <laughs> then it was documentary the, season, was it in your house? <laughs> I record documentaries. It's a okay. hobby. That's fast good. I like that too. Come on. What's her name? Need what is her name? What is her name? I'm never going to get a name. Katie something. Katie something. Janice. Katie something. Janice. No. Katie something. Jackie. <laughs> no, no. I can see her. I can see her because I can see her sitting next to his son. Uh, nah. 
I'm putting a cross next to number eight. It was Gloria Jones. Ah. Number nine, Phil Collins had a number one hit with the song You Can't Hurry Love in 1982, but which Motown group had a top three hit with it back in 1966? This is a trick question. I'm not saying anything. It was Dan Ross and the Supremes. It was. I thought I'd stump you. It was Dan Ross and the Supremes, not just the Supremes. Yeah, whatever. I thought maybe you'd go, oh, I can't do that answer again. But it was, my friend. Oh, you just had to. (sighs) Number 10. Jordan Sparks had a hit in 2009 with the song SOS Let the Music Play. But who had a hit with the song it was based on, Let the Music Play, in 1984? Five out of nine so far. That means you've already equaled your score on the new Romantics quiz. Why? Because you, you don't appreciate it. See when you're watching the darts and the mm-hmm. snooker, right? And the football and that. Yeah. The people participating yeah. can't hear the commentary. Mm. So when you start doing commentary yeah. here, it does my head in. <laughs> I'm trying to put you off. Why don't you, well, why don't you, do, it, why don't you do that post-production? <laughs> and that way, people will think you're doing it at the same time and think, Gino's not getting annoyed anymore. He must be doing it post-production. Quite annoying. I can annoy you sometimes. Though. It's quite fun. Anyway, come on, answer me the question. Answer me the question. Let the music play. Let the music play. 1984. Who had the hit with it in 1984? Barry White Barry White is that I honestly with? wasn't going to say Barry White because I thought there was that still the 70s but it might have been 84 is that what you're going with I'm going with it's incorrect I'm afraid <laughs> it was Shannon Shannon <laughs> number 11 Dutch group Shocking Blue reached number 8 in 1970 with a song that Banana Rama later covered and also tucked to number 8 in the charts but in 1986 what is the name of that song Shocking Blue that's the colour of my kitchen what song what song did they Shut up. All right. Look, why don't you look at the master copy of your Paul Young interview? Now I've got it saved. I've got it right, saved. Right. It's saved just over here. Right, so I'll listen to it later okay, on. Okay, you do that. You do that. Venus. Is that your answer? That's my answer. That's correct. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. He's pulling it back, kids. Pulling it back. Six out of 11. You've surpassed the New Romantics quiz. Doing well. Right. Another Chance was a number one hit in 2001 for Roger Sanchez. It was based on the opening lines of a 1983 song called I Won't Hold You Back. By which band? Band. Which band? Boy band. I'll tell you that. Fanboy 3. Is that what you're going with? I'm going for that. It's incorrect, I'm afraid. It was Toto. Toto. It was from their brilliant album Toto 4, which also had like Africa and Rosanna and all that sort of stuff on it. Great album. I've got pain in my shoulder. Six out of 12. Right, and 13 is for three points. Your last three points. You love these ones. You're currently on 6 out of 12. Not a bad score. This is the question. Mm-hmm. Jive Bunny and the Master Mixers had their first of three number one singles in 1989 with the song Swing the Mood. The song was made up of samples from 12 different songs. Name me three of those 12 samples. You get a point for each. That's one for you. Because I've not heard Swing the Mood by Jive Bunny for absolutely donkey's years. There's 12 different songs that make up that one song. All I need is three of them. Does Swing the Mood go... Does that, eh? Is that the Chattamachugu? Chattamachugu? Sorry, what? what language is this? Come on, give me three songs. What three songs are in it? That's so difficult. That is the hardest question you've ever That's asked me. That's not a hard question at all. Chive when bunny. I tell you the answers, you'll be like, oh, jeez, I can't think of any. You must be able I'm to. I'm telling you, can I hear a bit? Because <laughs> I'll be giving you the songs. <laughs> Jive Bunny. In the mood. That's when it goes. What song? What song is it? Glenn Miller, In the mood. Is that what you're going for? I think so. That is one of the twelve. Oh, That's one. Right. One. Can you name me any more? Come on. Come locomotion. On. Lo- locomotion. Is that what you're going for? Mm-hmm. It's not in swing the mood. One more answer from you I can accept. I'd love to give you a clue as well because you'll get it. Pitch up, boys. Give me one more, one more <laughs> chance no, no tonight. I'm so afraid I'd like to take you home. That, that's in my head now, so I'm going to have to go for that. You're going for Pitch up, boys. <laughs> you're going for Pitch up, boys. One more. Give me one more, one more chance That's not tonight. right, I'm afraid. Sorry, so just sorry, one point, seven out of 15. I'll run down the, uh, the the 12 songs. Chubby Checker, Let's Twist Again. Oh, no. Glenn Miller in the mood, you got that. Bill Haley and his comments, Rock Around the Clock and Rock a Beaten Boogie. Little Richard, Tootie Fruity. The Everly Brothers, Wake Up a Little Susie. 
Eddie Cochran, come on everybody, come on, come on everybody. Oh, I saw Elvis Presley, Hound Dog, Elvis All Shook Up, and Jailhouse Rock. Bill Haley in his Comet Shake Rattle and Roll, and Danny and the Juniors at the Hop. That's They're right, because it was a collection. There. It was the same sort of era. Ah, oh, there you go. Can I just say that, that? Seven out of fifteen. That's not bad. That's not bad. Is that a pass? Yeah, it's no. just under half. Yeah. Just under half. Well, maybe I'll just go and cheer myself up from getting such a crap score <laughs> by going to listen to the master of the Paul Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no! What? 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 Oh, I think I think I've just pressed a, a button. Oh, the oh, deleted the master. I just accident pressed that. Woof, 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 woof. This button here. This this accident button. Woof, 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 woof. The, the button button button. Delete. Just yeah. No. Really, 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 really sorry. Genuinely feelings. sorry. I'm really, really sorry. I As punishment, it. your oh. kids have to make me a mug. Okay. And you've got to give me more clues in the quizzes, because that was torture. <laughs> that was like spending the night at Guantanamo Bay. Well, you did better than the new romantics, that's all I can say. Seven out of fifteen's not bad. When were they in doing the quiz? Who? The new romantics. Martin Fry was in earlier. What? Did you not see him? I saw that boy by a fringe. I was like, Oh, yeah. You flicked that up. You don't see Simon Le Bonbon? He came in. I never saw him. Did you not see him yesterday? Oh, that's because the boat came along at Inverness Marina. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my word. Well done, Simon. They all came in and did the quiz. Because uh, somebody said to him... Oh, somebody... Simon only got three. He Mine was got it... four. Oh, that's okay, because yeah. he was at reception. Someone said, is that your dog? He goes, I, her name's Rio and she's dancing in the sand. That's what he said. He's going to the beach later on. That's right, so yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. even click. I didn't even click. Oh, We're so busy. God. We're busy people. These things happen. This is true, this is true. So, quickly, just to recap on uh, today's episode, we've had uh, Pot Young. Yeah. Clark Datchler, Johnny Hates Jazz, In the Wild with Kim Wilde. And, and who I... was it on In the Wild with Kim Wilde? Yeah, yeah. We were going to try and use Marty Pello, but basically, Marty Pello, when we asked him, he told us to. <laughs> True story, kids. And we had the, the geek man on there. Don't send us any more letters for him. We don't, we're not going to pass don't, them don't on. Don't send underwear to the geek either. Yeah, we don't want to know how much you think he's amazing yeah. and funny and all that sort of stuff. The reason the geek's on like the it. podcast, the reason we employed the geek... Um, is because it's a new government scheme. Mm. So I really, we're keeping them on the straight and yeah, narrow. So and if true. we get them too excited, he'll just lose it a little bit. Yeah. He's, he'll lose yeah. it. Yeah, he's, he's a bit of a crazy boy, that Yeah, way, he's yeah. a bit, yeah. So just, just yeah. calm it down. If you so, want to yeah. send stuff, and if you're fans, you want to send us stuff. Yeah. We're, we're, we're more yeah. than happy to take the load. I, I've, you know? yet, I've yet to get anything. Yeah. You've got a nice mug. I know. Let's I'm, not forget, Dave's only about four foot tall, so when you send a truckload of panties his way, you know, he's going to get buried. He's and like, don't send him heels, again, just and... because he's four foot, don't send him high heels. No, no. Okay? You've so got just, a nice just, mug, I've and got Dave's got mug. pants and all that, and I've got nothing. I'll give you a... Do you know what I've got? Still got a lolly. No, you can, that doesn't, that doesn't work if we can be told us something. I don't want you to give me oh, something. I, I, I want you to give me something. Because just now, you know what I've got? I've got the thing that almost ended the, the, the world and the never ending story. I've got the nothing. These look like big, strong men. Would you be happy Falcor. if... Falcor! I want a oh. dragon like Falcor <laughs> that can push bullies into bins. That's what I want. Let's go! <laughs> you scare me. Falcor, I love Falcor. What, oh, was the do- what was the name of the horse that goes in the quicksand? <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't lightning horses, anyway. It wasn't lightning because if it was lightning, if it was a fast horse, it would have got it. What was it? Red rum. What was the name of the horse that's going to do my head in? That's going to do my head in. Somebody please tweet me at the Gino Conti to tell me what the name of that horse is. Otherwise, I'm going to be losing it until episode 10. Certainly will be. Thank you very much, Gino Conti. Hopefully, the geek will be back next time. All depends. Stop yeah. sending us fan mail yeah. for him because he's not going to. I'm not going to pass it on. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to pass it on Can anymore. Can you actually hurry up? Because I have to go and see Mr. Miyagi. I've got. I've got to go pay his Oh, is it? Now is it? Oh, right, okay, second, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Second coat of creosote. I'm doing. Brilliant. Need to hurry up. So, can I just say, keep it eighties. Cool. Right, well, brilliant. Yeah, enjoy, enjoy, Mr. Miyagi. Your, yeah. your well, hey. Thanks for saving me earlier, by the way, because I was. Anytime. Uh, just remember. Shocking them free hoodlums. Just, just remember the meeting yeah. call. Just remember the meeting yeah. call. Yeah. Well, not the meeting call. Not the meeting call. Are you right? Like that. Yeah, we bit like. Are you good? Are you good? That's good. That's really like good. That. Yeah, that's, that's one. So next yeah. time I get in trouble, yeah. I need to shout. In fact, are you good? I'm going to close my eyes yeah. and turn my back. Okay. And if you, we'll see if I kick into life. Right. Okay. 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 Right. Oh no! What are you playing at? Paint the fence! Ow! 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 I need to phone an ambulance for Paul, right? But he'll be alright for episode 10. He's got about three weeks to heal. Don't worry about it. Until then, keep it
Same as stuff. The 80s Rewind Again with Paul Stevenson and Gino Conti and Vinyl Nightclub Inverness. Giving you the best 80s music and atmosphere in the Highlands.